Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Acts 19. The gospel changes lives. People are transformed when they are raised from death, dead in their sins, to being alive in Christ. And there will be a change in their lives. So when you see God doing that in many people in a certain situation, you may see not just people that are transformed, you may even see cities that are transformed. And that's what we see, at least to some extent, in the city of Ephesus in Acts 19. And I hope as we look at this, we see something that inspires us, um, even if we may not see something exactly like this, something that at least keeps us going, helps us realize that no matter how healthy or, or fruitful it may seem like our church is is being, there is still more work to do. And I hope that inspires us to pray and to disciple and to invest in the work that God is doing wherever we may be. Let's look at Acts 19 together. So now we're going to see really the third missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. We saw him go through Greece and Corinth and then go back to Antioch. So that wraps up the second journey, but now he is going to go to Ephesus. And it says he passed through the inland country. So modern day Turkey, imagine he's in Antioch and Syria. He travels through modern day Turkey and comes to Ephesus. And Ephesus would be on the west coast of Turkey, uh, in the Aegean Sea there that separates Turkey from Greece. That's where he is now. And we see another one of these transitionary moments that we see in the book of Acts where people, uh, they haven't even heard about the Holy Spirit. So even though Paul's done some extensive travel and we've seen some ministry happen, there's still people that have not heard of the Holy Spirit, but they've been baptized into John's baptism. So here we see then a more full explanation of the gospel pointing them to Jesus, and they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And again, I don't think these are things we should expect to see as normative throughout all of our time. This was still in this transitionary phase as the Holy Spirit has just come. The New Testament has not been written. The apostles and prophets are still doing their ministry ministry in the early church. Uh, But this is a small group here in Ephesus. It starts with 12 men, Uh, but then it starts to spread. And it starts with Paul's teaching. He goes into the synagogue for three months and it says he's reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. So there we see, this has somewhat become Paul's MO. He goes to the synagogue first, he proclaims in the synagogue, 
And if it's rejected in the synagogue, as we often see that it is, he transitions to somewhere else. And so he sets up shop in this hall of Tyrannus where he's reasoning, it says, or teaching there. And he does this for about two years. And the effects of this radiate. He hasn't done much ministry in this region yet. And it says, all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. So apparently from what he was doing in Ephesus, that message and that teaching was radiating out of there throughout the region. And then what we're going to see is it was having an effect. Now in the middle, we'll kind of get to the effect a little bit more in a moment, but in the middle, we get this interesting story of the miraculous things that were happening through the apostle Paul, so much so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away and used to heal people. But then we see some people who seem inspired by this in a way that's not helpful. These seven sons of a Jewish high priest, they come and they try to uh, use the name of Jesus like Paul does. Uh, they, they try to counterfeit really what Paul is doing or copy what Paul is doing. And there's that very memorable line where the evil spirit answers them, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize, but who are you? And then, well, to use modern language, the, the demon possessed man, he pretty much kicks their butts and sends them away. It says naked and wounded. And God even uses that to show, hey, what's going on through Paul is the real deal. It's something that can't just be copied. And fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. So you see, hey, Jesus is not just some magic words. It's not abracadabra. No, the Lord Jesus is someone real and he's doing real things through the apostle Paul. And so Jesus's name is praised. And then you start to see the transformation that has happened. Paul has been teaching the word and the word, the message of the gospel is transforming lives. And look at verses 19 and 20, key verses in this chapter. And a number of those, or sorry, verse 18, also many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Now that verse 20 is something if you've been reading through Acts, you see things similar to that said uh, as summary statements throughout the book of Acts telling us about how the word of the Lord is increasing, how it's prevailing, that there's something powerful to the word of God. But here we see it's powerful in changing their lives. They're turning from their magic practices. And what we're going to see is they're doing this in such a way that it's having an effect on the economy. Um, because what um, what goes on here, and he, he's starting to prepare to journey on. But about that time, there is, it says, no little disturbance concerning the way. Now, the way is something here we clearly see sometimes used to refer to Christianity. It was described as the way. Um, and this man named Demetrius, a silversmith, he uh, stirs up basically all the idol makers saying, hey, this guy's going to put us out of business because he's saying that God's made with hands are not God's. 
So we're going to lose business because of this guy. And so that's where you see the change that was going on there in Ephesus was so big. It was so radical that it was even having a tangible effect on the Ephesian economy because the idol makers were worried about going out of business because of the gospel transformation that was going on in people's lives. And then you see they they whip up really a disturbance um, almost where the, the rulers are, are worried they're going to be charged with some kind of riot. Things get uh, borderline out of control here in Ephesus because of the effect that the gospel is having. So here we've seen some of the persecution come from jealous Jews, um, but here it seems that the persecution is coming from these pagans because they feel that their businesses, their livelihoods are being negatively affected by the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's the picture that I hope inspires us. I hope you are plugged in at a faithful church that is teaching the word of God, that is reasoning with people from the scriptures. And I hope you are seeing an effect of that. The people are being saved. People are growing. Um, but that's where it is. sometimes it's helpful to look back and be like, has the economy of our city changed because of what we're doing? And I'm not implying that that's always going to be the case with a faithful church. Many of the things we see in Acts, some of them I don't think are even normative for our times, and some of them are exceptional. And I think we do see times throughout history where cities or even nations have been transformed by the gospel. But that doesn't mean if well, you're not seeing that happen, you're not being faithful. But what I do want us to say is even if we are being faithful, we should never get to a point where we feel like, well, our work here is done. No, look, look at all the people around us. There is still more work to be done. Wouldn't it be great to see places that profit from things like sexual immorality or drunkenness or other forms of iniquity? Wouldn't it be great to see some of them go out of business because of a lack of demand? Uh, not even because they're run out of town, but because it's just people aren't going there anymore because they've been transformed by the gospel. Wouldn't that be great to see? And again, how do we get there? What we see here in Acts doesn't seem to be some organized political activity or anything like that. It's proclaiming the gospel. And as people are saved, their desires are changed, and they're not going to the places they used to go. They're not doing the things that they used to do. And the economy is feeling the effects of that because people have turned from idols to the living God. So again, I hope that inspires you. I hope that inspires all of us today. That the gospel we are proclaiming is powerful. It has the power to transform lives. It has the power to transform communities. And again, I'm not trying to make us feel guilty if we don't feel like, well, man, my, my city is totally devoid of any vice now, or we've had riots because of the economic impact of the church. I, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty if you don't see that happening. I'm, I hope this inspires us to pray for things like that, to, to pray for that, to seek that, and to seek that the only way really we can is by proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, training people to turn from sin and to obey all that Christ has commanded. This is what it could look like. So let's focus on the things that God has told us. We like to summarize them at our church as reaching, teaching, and training. Uh, let's give our all to these things and trust God can do so much more than we could ask or think through the power of the gospel. And so I hope we all leave inspired even to go and pray for these kind of things today. 
Thank you for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.